and welcome to Friends of Brother Adam. My name is Dennis. I'll be your host today. We are going to be studying some um, new stuff. Um, we've been covering the beekeeping health and safety aspect and <laughs> I'm hoping I haven't lost too many of you with that uh, however um, today we're going to be doing something that is rather timely um, it is uh, third month 16th day so in January February March there we go it is March 16th and uh, very quickly here like within a month uh, we're going to be receiving some packages of bees and we're going to end up having to rehome them from whatever package or tube or whatever they come in and uh, we're going to have to put them in our woodenware and get them started. So, being as that is the case, we will uh, be jumping into that. It's uh, B4 receive and install package bees. Now this comes from a certified beekeeping technician course. Um, of course, if you're listening to this, you will not be receiving a certificate at the end of this. <laughs> um, it is a course that, that I give and it is uh, a paid course. However, you can also access uh, a lot more information and, and uh, um, I'm going to be working on some uh, videos uh, to go along with this this learning um, and you can find that at my Patreon and uh, the Patreon address is in the notes of the show and uh, you can pop over there and for the mere Patreon sponsorship of five dollars a month you can get in and access all of the information that's in there as well as uh, pop by our Discord channel and uh, ask questions and I answer all the questions that are asked so I'm extremely excited about the discord because it allows that ability for you to ask me at 3 in the morning a question that's just niggling at your mind and then I can I can respond to it in in the time that I have uh, unfortunately I end up working during the night so <laughs> Yeah, so um, yeah, I'll, I'll be getting around to it probably the next day or the day after and, and we'll definitely get you all the answers and, and it's it, we can have a real-time chat as well. So if you're having issues with your beekeeping, uh, I'd love to talk to you about it. Anyways, back on to what we're doing. And I apologize, I do have a cold. It's not the woo flu, but it's a cold. So I, uh, I apologize for my snuffliness and, and uh, <laughs> having to take a, a few drinks here and there just to keep my voice. So, so um, I'm just going to go at this as if you were a new beekeeper and didn't know anything about this. Those of you who have already received a few packages, Keep listening because I'm sure there's some uh, nice little tidbits that you might uh, might be able to utilize in your beekeeping operation. All right, so if you have not already ordered your bees, you're probably too late. There are some uh, people who sell um, nucleus hives, which are half hives 
uh, and they sell them to um, latecomers and they usually charge an extra fifty to a hundred dollars on top of what you would pay for a package. Now let's go through and do some defining. Uh, a package of bees is just that. It, they're just selling the bees and you get one queen and um, essentially uh, two pounds of bees is usually what it works out to be. So <laughs> there are several different methods that we utilize to measure the amount of bees. Um, you can spray them with water and then scoop them up in a cup and that's one cup of bees and because they're all gooey with the water or, or sugar water they don't fly anywhere so that you get a cup full of bees or the other way that you can do it is you can weigh the package with the bees in it and then take the bees out take the queen out and then put all the parts and pieces of the package back together again and then weigh that and then you can tell how um, how much the bees weighed uh, the other thing that you can do to measure uh, bees is, of course, if you get a nucleus hive, you can measure the bees by how full they are on the frame. So if they're covering half the frame, if they're covering a quarter of the frame, if they're covering the full frame, front and back, you know, you can, you can tell by that. And then on top of that, then you also have to include the brood um, estimation as well. So you're going to have to get the bees to move for that to take a look at the brood. And you can say that, you know, you have one full frame that's uh, from, from side to side to side to side, top to bottom. And uh, if it's that full, you're lucky. But most times what they do is they have a, a band of honey and a smaller band of pollen on the inside of the honey band and uh, that's what they use to raise the brood on and so um, when you're estimating of course you don't include the honey and the pollen in it um, so if they have a wider band of honey and a wider band of pollen and just you know uh, a fist size amount of of uh, brood then then that's what you would record um, so those are the ways that we measure the bees. Also, if you are wanting a precise count on bees, um, some people actually take pictures of the frames that they pull out and then they can sit down and, and blow it up and actually sit and count every single uh, bee and or every single um, bit of brood and you know, if you are sorry about that if you are trying to get an accurate count so that you can do graphs and that kind of stuff and 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 see how well your your queen is laying that kind of stuff uh, you want to take pictures and it's always a good idea to take pictures anyways but the problem is is how you need to have 
your photographer in a bee suit and yourself in a bee suit and then the photographer literally just has to stand there and be ready to take the picture and then as you pull the frame out and hold it up to them. It's very useful to do this because you can also check um, for mites or for bee illnesses such as deformed wings later on you can go through your your pictures and it's always good to get a really good camera so that you can zoom in really great and the other thing is if you get you know if you take several pictures really close a lot of times you can actually see the little red mites there so yeah it's a interesting way of doing it and uh, you get some really good results one year I went through my whole entire apiary, that was back when I had like six hives, and went through my whole entire apiary and photographed every single frame. So I had, uh, at that time I had deeps and, sh and mediums, and so I went through all the deeps and went through all the mediums and took pictures front and back and uh, had it so that I could study it and take a look at it and understand it and uh, also I did that at the end of the season and was able to compare how much they had and how much they had eaten how much honey they had eaten etc sorry about that interruption all right so those are the ways that we measure bees um, and it's important to know how to measure bees because we will be doing some manipulation with bees and we require some precise measurement of bees. <clears throat> when we receive a package, um, sometimes you'll get a phone call and the uh, company that, that you bought them from will say, come and pick them up. So you have ordered them probably in January, February, and uh, or sometimes you, you order them uh, before Christmas and they will get them to you. And most times you put in your order and you do not have to pay for it at the time of putting in your order. However, um, that varies with the different companies that you deal with. Um, and then, and usually what happens is if you can't um, pick up your order or you can't afford the order that you made, usually the, the B companies are able to sell uh, extra packages to other people and make up the difference no problem because usually people show up and say oh I need another 10 or 15 packages and I'm sorry you can't have them because you didn't order them is their usual answer so um, if you don't end up picking them up they split them up amongst the people that uh, that have ordered and want more as well um, a lot of these companies they put them into their own operation so they'll go and order from let's say New Zealand um, 200 packages and then they'll put it online and say okay everybody we've we've ordered 200 packages they'll be in at this time and uh, and then they'll pay for the packages they'll have them transported to the coast and then they'll go and pick them up at the coast and bring them in and uh, then for their services they charge a certain amount per package and uh, then you pay them that price so they make a little bit of money for gas to get them from the coast to to, to where they're selling them and to pay, 
pay for the price of uh, flying them in from New Zealand. So these B packages are, you know, if they get like 200, then they get orders out there. And if they only sell 50, that's fine. They'll put the other 150 into their own production. So it is a way of guaranteeing that you always have bees coming in and very closely guarded secret. Uh, you make more money selling bees than you do honey. So if you can get into that area and, and be able to handle the, uh, absorb the uh, expansion and, and contraction of the bee economy, uh, yeah, you can make a, a fair decent amount of money. It's not gobs and you're not going to retire on the damn money that's coming in, but you know, you can make a decent amount. And then, uh, it, of course, it's only one time a year. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing is um, that when they come in and you pay for them, um, sometimes there are uh, difficulties that happen to the packages before they get to you. So we had a really big tropical storm. I don't, I don't think they call it tropical. I think they call it like a cyclone or something down there. But yeah, they had a really big tropical storm in, in New Zealand. And for two and a half, three weeks, they weren't able to package bees. So of course it got bumped back. We weren't allowed to pick up the bees when we thought we were going to pick them up. And when they came in, they had um, queens in the normal queen cages and they had queens in the packages. They just grabbed hives and dumped them in. And so they had multiple queens and literally you had to keep your queens um, banked, which is something that I can, that we will be going over in, in a little while, but you had to put your queens in a hive and keep them in a hive and, and have the bees feed all the assorted queens and see if the bees had a queen in their own hive inside <laughs> without being caged. And uh, it turned out to be that about 25% of them had queen bees already in there. And so we had, you know, 25% of the queen bees still left over. So of course we waited until we split and then we took those queens and added them into the, uh, the mix. So yeah, there's a lot of things that can happen. Other times they have a huge mite load when they, when they get sent to you. Um, supposedly they're inspected, but all that means is that their apiary had an inspector come through and go, yep, yep, yep. And um, if they happen to have one of those um, inspectors that they slip them a fiver and uh, they write the note without checking, um, which does happen in other countries, um, they uh, a lot of times can get away with sending you a little bit sick bees. And a lot of the uh, illnesses that bees have are directly related to the queen. And so the queen, if, if the queen is, is sick, then you'll end up with dysentery in the hive. If the queen has uh, STD, then you'll end up with uh, malformations of wings and things like that. So, um, the, and, and, and the health of the queen is a very big thing. And we'll get into that as well a little bit later on. But those are some issues.
and uh, usually what happens with the packages is they send you a package and they will it's a bee strainer that they make so it's big enough it uses a queen um, a queen barrier and it's big enough to let most of the workers through and and somehow some way there are some male bees that end up getting through but the queen gets stuck and she can't get through and so then they they sit there and dump all these these bees in and if they see a ball of bees on top of the queen excluder they go over and pick it up and flip off the bees off of the queen and put the queen in a, a, a cage or return her to the original hive if they have the time so um, what you get when you get a package is usually a bunch of bees that know each other and then a new queen or a lot of times what they'll do if they're a bigger operation is they will go and just have uh, one person pulling packages out and topping them and one person putting packages in or taking the top off and putting packages into the bee strainer and bee funnel strainer thing and then they have um, beekeepers going through and shaking off the bees off of assorted frames and putting the frames back in somebody grabbing the the bees and taking it over to the um, funnel queen excluder and shaking them and then somebody sitting there at the funnel picking out the queen bees and caging them and when you cage a queen bee you pick out a bee the queen bee and then you go and you take a look you cover the the queen cage with your finger it's got a little drilled hole there and you cover that with your finger and then you go down and look and you look for the youngest bees that you can find and that's another thing that we'll go into a little bit later but you find the youngest bees that you can find open up the hole and scoot them in with your finger because because young bees don't sting and they just not ready to sting yet so you can literally pick them up and throw them in or you can flick them in with your finger and they'll go in and go um, pay their homages to the queen and while they're doing that you put the cork in the end and there you got it you put in uh, three or four um, helper bees worker bees with the queen and if they're younger younger bees then they are able to uh, feed the queen the the royal jelly that she does need and only younger bees usually make royal jelly so that's why you want the younger bees anyways so these packages if if they do it that way so so the process is open up the hive shake the bees into a, a, a essentially a box that looks like a, um, that is as wide as the frames are and, and so you shake them in and they go into this box and you shake five or six different frames into the one box and then you close up the hive and you hope to hell that you didn't put the queen from that hive in there but if you did oh well they'll make a new one because they've still got all their brood and so you go to the next one shake it in shake it in shake it in close it up go to the next one shake it in shake it in shake it in five or six different frames close it up and then you've got a box full of bees and the whole time while you're doing this there's somebody at the at the box full of bees squirting them with sugar water to keep them down 
and they get all sticky and gooey and they just kind of lay in the bottom of the box and then when the box is halfway full they pick it up and walk over and dump it into the funnel slash B um, queen excluder and then um, the bees crawl down inside the uh, box that you're going to be sending that's underneath the bee uh, um, funnel um, they they have a box under there and then they go from that box they pull it out they put in a queen they put in uh, a, a plastic piece of pheromones that smell like queen and they put in a can on the top of the box that has entries at the very top and they have these water beads that have been soaked in sugar water and so these water beads keep the bees hydrated and a little bit fed and uh, they have what's in their their honey stomachs and what's in this this cup to make it from where they're packaged all the way over here so then they put a sticker on top of everything and another person puts them on the on the truck so that's generally how it goes um, you have people who stay at the funnel queen excluder and pull out queens and then also pull out some younger workers and they package those and, and send them away and uh, so yeah that's that's generally how it works now you can also receive bees in a tube so essentially what they would do is they would uh, make it so that you walk up on a ramp and the tube is is upright and then the funnel is right in the tube and you walk over with your box and you shake it into the funnel and uh, the bees go down and they slowly crawl into the tube and once the tube gets to a certain weight then they pull off the funnel um, cap or they put in their bee pheromone strips and they put in the queen bee and then they put in the 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 food container and close it up and usually it is open at both ends and the food container is just inside there um, and uh, being open at both ends literally you can see their their legs out and you can see them flapping their wings and having a good old time um, so they come in uh, either that uh, either the box with the the uh, um, screen door material what is that called <laughs> uh, can't think anyways the 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 mesh on the sides of the box and then uh, with a sticker on top of everything to keep on the top to keep everything in or they come in the tubes with the top and the bottom open so ventilation can go up and you're supposed you're not supposed to lay them down you're supposed to keep it up and down so that the, they keep the the heat going from or the cool going from the bottom going up and heated up and and shoved out the top so um, and uh, in order to keep those bees alive a lot of times you have to squirt them with sugar water on the openings of the top and bottom and they get all gooey and fall inside and everybody licks everybody off and then it's all good and fine so you can also receive them in a cardboard box that is a nucleus hive and in the cardboard box you usually have four or five frames and on those four or five frames you have one frame of honey one frame of pollen and three frames of um, three frames of brood and usually when you receive them in the box uh, they have them so that you can usually take them outside open it up 
and smoke them so that they don't fly out, all fly out. And then you can take a look and, and analyze to make sure that the uh, that they're got a good brood pattern, that they're not sick, that they have a a queen on the uh, frames. And that's usually the only time that the queen is unpackaged is sometimes they go on the nukes unpackaged but most times even the nukes are packaged queens that are sent with the queen inside a little cage so that's what they do and the supposedly the uh, bees that are found in the nucleus hive are all friends and then um, the queen is sometimes a new queen um, so they they still take some take getting used to and if you buy them from your local um, beekeeper a lot of times that queen has been in with the bees probably raised by those bees so they're very used to her and they are able to um, essentially they've already started laying and that's one of the things that you look at your package for so that's usually what happens um, and we will talk uh, we'll actually have uh, several units on um, queens and, and some of the things that go on with queens but uh, just so that you know package queens are never as nice as queens that are made by the colony or queens that come from your apiary and the reason is um, here in Canada we need bees with sweaters and we get bees with bikinis uh, from New Zealand so our, our bikini laden bees are, are not really used to the winter times that we get up here and they usually have a hard time getting through the winter and lately what we found is the bees aren't well mated and so um, the bees will last long enough to lay enough eggs so that the the colony can make a new queen and then she's usually booted out and gone <laughs> so or balled up and 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 killed so those are those are the things that happen with uh, bee packages um, of course, if you're using the, the method of putting all the bees from five or six different colonies into the, the funnel and uh, they go through the, uh, bee, uh, the queen excluder, the, um, all those bees aren't necessarily friends. However, here's what happens. When they get all jumbled up like that and you spray uh, liquid on them, it takes them a little while to get out their pheromones and by the time they do that, their differential pheromones have all adjusted to each other and usually they're friends. If you're having trouble with bees that are in a package getting along, um, you will end up having to put in your sugar water that you're spraying on them to keep them all together. Um, and keep them from flying, you're going to have to put in there uh, some essential oil. So you'll put in there mint oil or you'll put in there um, some other oil. You can also put lemongrass oil in there and it will uh, disguise the uh, smell of the bees long enough that once they lick themselves off they're all adjusted to each other anyways. So that's just some of the ways to, to keep them alive once you get them 
and in order to get them home. Now, some of us are not blessed with the ability to go pick them up and get them to the field within 10-15 minutes of picking them up. Sometimes it takes two or three days for us to get home or um, we drive home and um, they can't go in the day that we bring them home because it's snowing outside or some silly thing like that. And so what we end up doing is we put them in our garage in a room temperature environment um, and we spray them with sugar syrup and then uh, let them sit overnight, wake up the next morning and throw them in. So we will be talking about that in a different episode. However, this is just uh, the, the first part of receiving and installing package bees. I would like to encourage you to listen to our next part because it actually deals with put, installing the packages. So, um, very excited about this uh, this particular timely uh, lesson, and uh, I hope to see you next time on Friends of Brother Adam. Thanks for coming by. Hi and welcome to Friends of Brother Adam. My name is Black Robe or Dennis, whichever. I am going to be your host today and today we're going to be talking about something exciting. Um, installing your package of bees. So uh, like I was saying last, um, last uh, podcast, um, we are getting towards the time where we're going to be receiving some packages of bees from the company that we ordered way back before Christmas. And uh, if you haven't, there are some local beekeepers probably that will still have um, nucleus hives available. And uh, I'm actually very happy that these people do these things uh, because we have a definite issue um, here in Canada. Um, keeping our bees alive is a, a really big problem. Um, what they used to do is uh, they used to have uh, a kill off in the fall. So the, the bee farmers would go and essentially kill all their bees, harvest all the honey, and then order from the states the next year and it was economical to actually do that um, trying to find ways to store them um, the space available to store them was just too economically unviable so they ended up um, just killing off the bees and and then harvesting the honey and then ordering some more from the United States and the United States of course is a, a lot warmer than Canada and a lot of the United States actually starts their bee season a little bit after December <laughs> whereas we start our bee season in April May 
and some years June. So um, they, they are able to start making queens much earlier and if you figure out how to make a queen um, you can sell the queens and actually make more money selling the queens than you can um, selling the honey. So they're uh, definitely motivated to do that and I am a entrepreneurial type of person and and enjoy seeing people figuring out new ways to make money and and to um, you know bring about products and, and services where there was none before. So I've already disabused you of the idea that the packages that you get from New Zealand are from one hive because the bees that are in that package aren't necessarily brothers and sisters they're from different hives and the queen that's in that package is not from that hive it's from uh, a grown queen and uh, sometimes those those queens aren't even mated so <laughs> yeah and when when they get here um, what enterprising people do, enterprising beekeepers, is they will bring in a package, they will have the queen start laying um, her eggs, and then what they'll do is they'll split the hive after the hive has one round of um, eggs, uh, and go into larvae, and then hatch, and then they what they'll do is they'll split the hive, and one of the hives will not have a queen, so they'll make a queen, and then they'll have the original hive with the original queen and that queen will work extra hard because we just took away half of her her uh, eggs and, and larva and uh, then you'll have two hives and so what they'll do is they'll go and they'll they'll purchase let's say 20 hives and um, if they're really willing to push the limits what they do is they purchase 20 hives split those 20 hives immediately buy 20 queens and put them in the new hives and let them go and then after the first round of uh, um, larvae become adults um, then they'll split them again so that it'll go from 20 to 40 and then from 40 to 80 and then they'll say okay now I'm gonna sell it to the public and then they will sell the nukes um, in July to the public and the public will be getting uh, of course a nucleus hive and that's good you just need to know how um, stretched they have been and how of a precarious state they're in so sometimes it's better to get packages for yourself if, if you've never done a package it's kind of difficult um, but if you have the ability a lot of times it's good just to get um, uh, it's good to get a nucleus hive because it's a functioning hive usually and it's got the queen in there it's got larvae in there and it's got a generation so what that does when you get a nucleus hive is it buys you a certain amount of time and uh, so when when we talk about buying time with bees um, we're talking about the the next generation of bees that comes up so the next generation of bees is a little bit of extra strength so that you enter into the uh, um, um, 
the the summertime with more strength and then you'll be able to have a bigger hive that hive will start to be able to take care of itself and so um, sometimes it is advantageous for you to get a nucleus hive if you don't have the experience but it, as you start going along with this beekeeping experience you might want to try doing exactly what I talked about is getting uh, a tube or a package of bees with one queen in there, buying an extra queen and making immediately two uh, hives out of the one package and then just going on from there. Um, it's a little bit more risky. You have to be knowing what you're doing. You have to know how to support their, uh, their uh, um, inability to take care of themselves. You, you gotta support that and, um, and keep them alive type of thing. So anyways, that's just to let you know where you are with the particular thing that you are purchasing. And I happen to be a, a particular, oh, sorry about that. I happen to be a, a, a risk taker myself. So um, I usually, <laughs> a careful risk taker. <laughs> I think you have to be that in order to be a, a medic, but uh, um, I, 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 with my bees, I'm quite a risk taker and I stretch myself a little bit too thin sometimes, but that's the only way that you learn. You, you unfortunately have to kill a few hives to figure out what the heck you're doing. Um, so, uh, beekeeping, um, where was I going with this? Oh yeah. Um, so you have to, you have to decide your level of risk and act accordingly. Um, and the way that I teach beekeeping, um, I try and teach uh, a few different levels of beekeeping. So I try to teach to the risk takers, I try to teach to the uh, careful people. I also try, and, and I am proficient at all the different kinds of beekeeping. So, um, you know, beekeeping in a war a hive, beekeeping in a top bar hive, beekeeping in regular um, Langstroth um, um, hives, long hives, everything, you know. I try and be able to have enough experience with that so that if I get somebody in my class that says, you know, I wanna, I wanna just do long hives, then okay, let's do it this way and I'll show you how and uh, I teach them that way. So again, I will be presenting several different options with this concerning the risk that you're taking. Um, and because I know that a lot of us are, are poor beekeepers and we have to uh, um, um, tame down the amount of risk when we're really poor. So <clears throat> anyways, so what we've done so far in the last podcast is we have ordered the bees in before Christmas time. They have confirmed that they will have our bees in, whether it's a, a bunch of packages and some queens or whatever it is that you've ordered. And then the date will come up and they'll say, okay, just to let you know, we'll be in on this day, come and pick them up between these times. And you need to pick them up as soon as possible because uh, they've already been in transit. So just so that you know, these bees have been in transit for up to three days. And so they've gotten out of their hive, they've been in the tube, they got on a plane, 
They're in bikinis and they're transported over here to Canada, which is where I am. And I know I have a lot of listeners other places, but just, yeah, go with it. <laughs> um, and we've transported them to Canada. Um, we pick them up at the port in Vancouver um, and then we bring them into wherever we live. I live in Alberta and uh, then we put them up for sale for our friends and family and customers. So, um, and, and that's one way of, of making a little bit extra cash for you to infuse into your uh, business. But, um, you know, ordering and picking up and bringing. Um, and the bees that you get are, they're, they're a mixed basket. So you will be getting them. Um, you're going to need to evaluate your packages and queens before you sign the receipt because essentially once you pick them up and once you pay for them and sign for them, they're yours. <laughs> There's not many people who will put a guarantee on it. However, and this is where you need to, to be um, thinking about this, is people that are selling nukes actually do, a lot of them do have guarantees on their nukes. So if you are a beekeeper that's barely learning, you might want to take advantage of nukes because, well, the beekeeper will give you a, a guarantee that they're going to be good. And this is good because on my first beehive, or no, actually it was my second beehive, um, I worked with a, a company called Scandia Honey, and you guys can look them up, and I encourage you if you, you know, are in Alberta to, to look up Scandia Honey. They are excellent. Um, they uh, helped me out a bunch and I ended up getting my second hive from them and unfortunately my second hive unbeknownst to them and unbeknownst to me there's the second hive that I got had nosema and nosema is essentially bee diarrhea and they poop all over the front of the beehive and it gets all messy and that's how you know that they have nosema so what I did is I gave them a call and I said hi I got home with these bees and they've sat here for a day and the front of the hive is covered with brown. And they said, oh no, they've got nosema. And they said, we're sorry that it's going to cost you some money for gas, but if you bring them back and uh, we'll trade out the hive for a new hive for you. And I said, oh, thank you very much. So that's what I did. Um, I brought the beehive back and I didn't understand what was going to happen to the beehive but essentially they put the beehive into a very large garbage bag sealed it off and killed the whole hive <laughs> but they handed me a new hive and said we're sorry for your troubles and uh, because of that I was very happy to deal with um, them and I'm very happy to recommend them to new beekeepers because they did have essentially an insurance policy on their their hives um, now usually it only is for just in case something like that happens uh, where you don't actually get a, a healthy hive and had I known what to look for when I went to go pick up the hive I would have put on my bee suit and said alright let's crack the hive and take a look at what we're getting and I would have opened it up gone through seen that there was poop stains on the frames and would have said okay this this hive has nosema I'm not going to be signing for this one if you'd like to sell me a different one I'd be happy for it 
Um, and that's what you need to do. Uh, evaluate your, your whatever you're getting, whether it's a full hive that you purchase, whether it's a package, whether it is um, um, bees in a box or bees in a tube, however they come, you need to be able to inspect them. <clears throat> now, they will not allow you to pull the queen out and take a look at the queen um, with the tubes and with the packages because they're packaged special so that the queen is in the middle of the uh, package and is surrounded by the bees. So unfortunately, you're not going to be able to do that. And unfortunately, after you sign for it and you get your, your bee package home and you go to upend it and you put them in and they do not have a queen because the queen's dead in the box. <laughs> Um, you're going to end up having to find a new queen or be able to put in some larvae from some other hive. One of your beekeeping friends might have a frame of larvae that they can get you so, so that you can get a new queen, so that the bees can make a new queen. And packaged bees are desperate as hell. They want to have a place to live. They want to get their queen up and running. They want to you know, be able to ensure the survival of the hive. So package bees are good to be able to have, to be able to split because they have so much energy and so much desire to do this. And in the springtime, they just have this energy to get things done and to get their hive started. So um, it's really good. It, it actually um, is a lot like a natural swarm, uh, the package bees because with the natural swarm a lot of times what happens is um, the bees will put out 10-15 queens and they'll all go out in the first swarm and they're not mated yet and they'll go out in the first swarm and um, sometimes they're mated but a lot of times they're not and they'll find a new place and split off into small little uh, groups and go find a new place to live and that queen will then fly out and get mated or if she's already mated then they'll just settle in and she'll start laying and so when you get a package it's a lot like having a natural swarm um, it's a, an artificial swarm that you've done so when you evaluate the package what you're going to be looking at is like I was telling you before the nosema the, the stains on there um, if you have the ability to open up the uh, the hive and take a look at it, um, what you're going to end up doing is you're going to end up releasing a whole bunch of bees. Um, so you just have to know <laughs> the bees that fly out and fly away, they're gone. <laughs> so um, if, if you're adverse to risk, maybe you want to take a, a, some beekeeper with you so that they can take a look at it. But essentially you're opening up the, the nuke and you're going you're gonna to carefully pull out your frames. You're going to look front back. That What you're looking for with a nuke is you're looking for two to three um, frames of larva. You're looking for a frame of honey pollen and um, either full honey or full pollen and then another frame of full honey or full pollen. And you wanna have those elements there. Um, and unfortunately, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to watch some of the videos that I'm going to be having on my, uh, <laughs> on my Patreon channel um, in order to kind of get the hang of what you're looking at and be able to, um, 
be able to discern whether or not it's a good hive to take um, just from the patterns and, and things like that. Um, the other thing that you're looking for is you're going to be looking for um, just scanning through and you're going to be looking for bees with uh, wings that are possibly um, damaged. Another thing you might want to do when you're evaluating your nukes is you might want to take a look at the wax. Um, one of the dirty, dirty tricks that uh, some beekeepers play on other beekeepers that are new is they hand them um, frames that they've taken out of their hives that are black. And the reason why they are black is they're usually about five years old when they're that black. And how they get black is um, as the bees start making their, their uh, cocoons, um, as larvae, when they start making their cocoons, um, they put in a little tiny silk-type cocoon, and then um, when it closes over, the bees kind of um, wait until they have uh, metamorphosized, and then they rip it open and, and the bee gets out. Um, the baby bee gets out. So um, after several years of the bees using the same comb, and putting in silk um, cocoon after silk cocoon and just think about it you'll get uh, three to five generations per year of, of uh, larva going through there um, and then four to five years you're looking at quite a bunch of silk cocoons there so um, the dirty dirty that they'll do is they'll hand you um, a whole bunch of stuff that they would be normally clearing out of their their apiary anyways and uh, and they're handing it to somebody who's new so just just know that if they're giving you black combs it's usually not a good thing and um, the the reason why that's not a good thing is the wax is considered the um, liver of the hive so when a bee goes out and is foraging of course it's foraging on plants that sometimes have pesticides or herbicides or the the bee will be taking sugary type fluid or water or something from a, a bad source and they'll bring it into the hive and they'll put it up for store but every time that a bee comes in a lot of times what they do is they'll go over and start um, they'll, they'll take the uh, um, scale off of their stomach, which is where they make their wax, and they'll chew it, masticate it, and then they'll spit it onto the frame where they're making new comb. And as they're chewing it, the um, wax is infused with whatever they were bringing in from the environment. So if they had pesticides on there, then they're putting pesticides into the uh, wax. And then four or five other bees will come along and chew it a little bit more and, and change the nature of, of the, uh, the wax so that it's a little bit harder. And uh, they will form it and another bee will come along and form it some more. And then, and then I've seen where bees will actually come along and pull down some of the, the um, previous form that was there and move it to where it's needed. And so there's a whole lot of bees chewing on um, that one little tiny piece of wax that you're seeing and um, these bees <clears throat> are leaving all of their saliva and what was in their saliva in the wax 
So um, again, the four to five year old wax is definitely filled with uh, pesticides and herbicides and all sorts of yuck. And uh, naturally what happens in a beehive is um, they naturally um, decide that um, this hive is old and it, it's usually the queen that decides this. <laughs> um, you know, the kitchen is old and she doesn't like it anymore and damn it, let's go find some new digs. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so um, they, they decide they're gonna leave the hive and so they uh, throw out a few queens. Um, they, they make a few uh, queen cells, the queens hatch, they decide to split up the hive and instead of one group staying with the hive and, and the new queen staying with the, the hive, um, what ends up happening is everybody decides this place sucks, we're out of here. And so everybody will leave and then um, our wax moths will get in there and the wax moths will chew up all the old wax because it's yummy to them and they will clean up the hive and there'll just be a whole bunch of stuff at the bottom of the hive. Um, kind of debris and everything and that's that's actually quite healthy for the hive to have that debris at the bottom um, of, a, of a natural hive. Um, you get uh, um, mealworms and all sorts of different worms in there that'll that'll go in there and, and and you'll end up with a mouse in there and the mouse will do his thing and get out of there and, and you know you'll have a whole bunch of different um, insects and animals in there doing their thing and then they leave and then eventually um, bees come back and they resettle it and when they come back in to resettle it there's little teeny nubbins of wax on the roof and that's what they start making their their uh, their new hive on so that's that's generally how it goes so these four to five year old combs are actually something that they would fly away from and if you're having problems with your bees flying away from your hive after you get them there, you might want to check your hive to make sure that you don't have these old wax, um, black wax frames in there so that you don't have to, uh, so you might figure out that that's the problem. And, and um, in my operation, I try, after three years, I try and remove it and melt it down and then move on, right? And the, the, the older wax that I melt down um, a lot of times the uh, color stays with the wax, so I just sell that wax as wax that's not to be used by um, makeup people or whatever, and uh, make it into um, things like uh, candles and that kind of stuff. So, um, and then I, I sell the new wax that I melt down because they have cross combs and everything like that, which are bridges between the frames. I cut those off as I'm doing my, my inspections and then I melt that down at the end of the year and those are the stuff that we use for makeup because it's new wax, it hasn't had too much stuff in it, so it, it's better for you. Um, Alright, so jumping back, uh, you need to check to make sure that the, the combs that you're looking at aren't black. The other thing you need to look at is um, when bees are allowed to make their free comb, so if underneath they have a, a wax or a, a wax board, um, 
the wax board gives them an idea of what they should do but they really just do whatever the heck they want to do so if they want to put um, male bees on the bottom then that's what they do or if they decide that the whole entire thing is going to be male bees and um, so you are looking when you look at this for bigger um, bigger cells and if you see lots of big cells on it you don't necessarily want it but if they um, have some sort of um, plastic backing between the two sides of the, of the frame um, that's fine as well um, it just means that the bees are restricted to what size they are building their their cells and uh, if you're looking at the plastic itself you want to make sure that the plastic that's underneath doesn't have huge big holes in it and that happens because uh, the beekeeper noticed that there was a queen cell and they tried to cut the queen cell out and well it's got a plastic backing so he just grabbed an exacto knife and cut out the plastic backing sorry for the background noise I have uh, a janitor in this building cleaning so <laughs> he makes the greatest noises um, so um, anyways that's that's one of the things that beekeepers do and it's unfortunate because um, those plastic uh, frames with a plastic foundation which is the sheet on the inside um, I like to stay away from those <laughs> so it's my preference with the plastic frames that I don't like them and I don't use them. Um, one of the things that we found out uh, through research is that wax moths are actually, the larva eats the, the foundations, the plastic foundations, and they're attracted to the plastic foundations. So that's a bad thing about the foundations. However, a good thing about the plastic foundations is you don't get absolutely crazy um, comb building and there's less maintenance to do on the hive so when you go through and do your inspections every several days when you start out you won't be having to cut off entire sections of, of uh, comb in order to keep it you know from being crazy because they will crazy comb the heck out of stuff if you don't give them some sort of guide and uh, so that's something you need to look at um, also the other thing you need to look at with that is you want to see that the hive is nice and clean inside on the bottom you want to check the bottom of the nuke and uh, a lot of times when you get a new nuke um, if it's one that they have um, put together if it's a Pollyanna hive and they've they've taken bees from everywhere and stuck them in and brought a new queen in a lot of times you will find um, a bunch of dead bees on the bottom already and that's because they were bees that couldn't get used to the idea of sharing their space with somebody who was as ugly as the other bees were so <laughs> they, they just get really upset and they start stinging each other um, there are ways to, to handle that but the beekeeper that did that really didn't care so oh god this is uh this cleaner is driving me nuts so um yeah so 
you, you kind of look at the bottom and see whether or not there are bees hanging out, like dead down there. If there are, it's, it's not a really big, big deal, but you just need to know that that's one of the reasons why you get dead bees at the bottom of your, your uh, hive is because they're brand new and they had a fight and well, they just killed each other. <laughs> and uh, then eventually they get down to the point where they say, why are we fighting? Let's all just work together. And so then they turn around and don't fight anymore. So um, you're looking for that. And when you're um, pulling the frames up and taking a look at them, you're looking to see if there's any cross comb. So they'll, join, they'll put bridges between and uh, if there are cross combs, it means that the beekeeper wasn't in there um, fixing things up before he showed you the hive. So, you know, you can probably tell that he just did the bare minimum and he's selling you a hive that it looks like it does. <clears throat> it's kind of a quality issue. And, and if you have a little bit of pride in what you're selling, then you make sure you go through the night before and make sure that everything's good before you do that. Um, and um, as you're looking at it, you're also going to be uh, taking a look to see um, if they have enough resources. So remember I talked about having one frame of pollen or a fra two frames of honey with pollen, or if there's pollen somewhere in the hive, that's good. It takes pollen in order to build good bees. Um, and if there's no pollen in there, you might be looking at a little extra expense to uh, go out and buy pollen patties from the store because, well, they need pollen and they've got to get it from somewhere. And these uh, nukes are your responsibility once you get them. So what that means is you're going to have to feed them and provide them the stuff because they don't have the workforce to uh, go out and get everything that they need. So if you want them to progress and progress fast, then you need to provide them with a pollen patty and you need to provide them with uh, uh, sugar water. Okay. And... Uh, when you're, when you're looking at this, if you can see that they already have that, that's a bonus. What you need to know about this is about half of the bees that are in the hive stay with the, uh, the babies. And then half of the hive goes out and uh, goes and, and looks for food, forages for food, water, and whatever else they need. So you need to know that if you're looking at your nuke and it's got three frames, filled with brood, you're going to need to have three frames of bees on top of that brood keeping them warm. So then you take an estimation of what's left in the hive and if there's not very much left in the hive after they cover the three frames, then you might want to reject that particular nuke because it doesn't have enough bees. Um, and uh, when you're feeding them, what you need to know is the bees treat it as if somebody spilled a whole smack load of honey on top of their hive or some uh, comb fell down and they need to repair and take off all the honey that's in that comb and put it somewhere else. So um, they'll actually leave the babies to freeze and go take care of the food. Because uh, if the food starts dripping down, that gets the babies wet and then um, the babies die anyway. So uh, if you don't have enough bees to do both tasks, um, foraging and um, taking care of the babies, you'll end up with bee death uh, due to the bees leaving the, uh, um, the, little, the little bees uh, to die because they can't take care of them. So it's important to know how much bees you need in order to 
be able to make this work. So um, they also tell you to take a look at the laying pattern of the, um, the queen and uh, decide whether or not the laying pattern is to your liking. However, I'm going to tell you right here and now, when you split a hive, usually the beekeeper that is making the nuke is going to take resources from several different hives. So he'll take, uh, he'll take brood, he will take uh, honey, he will take all these things and just kind of divide them up and be really mean and awful and um, divide them up. So, so unfortunately, that's just the way it is. So um, when you're accepting a nuke, if you're accepting a nuke that has extremely spotty um, brood, so that means uh, nickel to quarter size areas and they're spaced out all over the frame, that's probably not a good um, healthy hive. Um, and it probably came from an unhealthy hive. Um, and the reason is, is the um, worker bees have gone and pulled um, larvae from those areas and the queen hasn't been back through to lay them. And the reason why they pulled them is, um, well, there's several reasons, but one of the reasons is the queen could have gone out and actually mated with a brother and that brother, um, she, she usually mates with about 15 different uh, bees. And so if she mates with a brother, um, then those eggs and, and larvae actually have a different smell. And the workers can tell that they don't have the proper genetics and they'll actually just pull them right out. The other reason is, is if the bees are sick um, and, and you look at it and if you can tell what... Uh, um, chalk brood is and if you can tell what uh, American fowl brood is or European fowl brood and and you see some of that reject it outright just just walk away take your money and go to some other beekeeper because it's not worth dealing with that um, <laughs> and as a new beekeeper you won't really you know you, you need to you need to take this class or you need to take a class and get to know what all the diseases are because that's really important. So, um, and, and but that's just because you're looking at the frame and you're looking at the babies in the frame and evaluating the baby, not because you believe that this queen has actually laid those particular uh, larvae. And um, if the beekeeper's not willing to come out and say exactly what he did or whatever, you know, then you're dealing with a, a, a dishonest beekeeper and well, how much can you trust what he's doing? So I don't, I usually tell people what they're getting into and I lose a lot of customers that way, but I would much rather lose a few customers um, because I'm telling them the truth about what they're getting than losing customers due to uh, illnesses of the bees or that the queen was uh, killed off immediately after I hand them the bee things or the, the nukes. So for me, that's, that's where I stand. But a lot of people, once they sell the hive, they really don't care about it and they don't offer a return policy and they just don't care. So they're just, you know, trying to make enough money to, to make what they're doing worthwhile. So I understand that, but at the same time, that's not my values. <clears throat> um, 
So, yeah, you're going to have to be taking care of your bees. Um, my, my policy with it is uh, nukes and uh, swarm packs that we get or, or packages that we get, they get food year-round that first year. So sometimes I'll, I'll lay off a little bit more as we get into a flow, but uh, essentially year-round they'll get it. And, and that way you give them the best chance of the bee. Uh, to, to be to get bigger um, the other thing that you need to do when you're inspecting the hive is you need to be talking with the beekeeper and a lot of times the beekeeper will be right there and showing you and being proud as heck about what what you're getting and that kind of thing and if you get that kind of a beekeeper that's one you need to do business with that's one you need to learn from um, if you get a beekeeper that's like that's your hive over there go pick it up go home that's somebody who you don't necessarily want to deal with. Um, and, and it's unfortunate, you know, and if they're selling a huge big amount, they might not have time at that time to go through and say, okay, this is this and that is that. However, um, um, you know, there are some people who need a little bit extra help, and I, I guess that's what these kind of B classes are for. But um, I, you know, when I was dealing with Scandia honey, um, the gentleman took me aside and said okay i want you to take a look at this and we we took a look at it and says you see that black bee and you see that golden bee they're coming from the same hive do you know why that is and i was like uh, nope <laughs> and he says that's because the queen mated with two different kinds of bees and that's great that's fine and uh, that's what they do all right, so we've already gone over the 30 minutes, so I think we're going to make this one a little bit extra long uh, just so that we can get through some of this information. It's a little bit hard since you guys haven't really um, had some of the other information that usually comes with a beginner's beekeeping course, so I'm kind of having to put a lot of that information in here, but regardless. All right, so... You're going to do something that uh, <laughs> that you usually wouldn't do. Um, usually it's a good thing not to tap on hives, not to tap on packages. But what you're going to do, um, if you get a package <clears throat> on one or two of them, you're going to go and you're going to take the package in both hands and go on a, a flat surface and you're going to bring the package up and then you're going to forcefully strike it on the 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 table okay and uh, what that's going to do is it's going to cause all the bees that were hanging around the queen to fall to the bottom of the the um, package that's in there and then you're going to try and inspect the queen from that and unfortunately it doesn't work that well sometimes you're the queen's twisted in a way that you can't really see through but you do what you can to, to see that you have a, a moving queen in there. And it's usually a good thing to see if the moving queen in there has some moving attendants because a lot of times what will happen is some of the attendants will die as well. And and that'll happen if they're stung through the, uh, the cage. And uh, we had uh, that happen um, one season when there was a hurricane or something that went through New Zealand and they threw in extra queens into the package because they just weren't careful. They were just throwing it in to meet the demand. 
and uh, the bees already had a queen inside the package, so they were trying to kill the queen inside the, the queen cage, and uh, a lot of the uh, queen's uh, little helpers were all dead and everything, and so <sighs> that's a good thing to take a look at, too. And you might know the cause then. <laughs> but uh, one, one dead helper is not that bad. They usually put in three or four. But if you see two or three dead helpers, then you know that that queen has been without too much food and, and she's not very happy or very healthy at that time. When you finally decide that, okay, this is the one that we want, um, there are a few other things that you're going to be looking at. Um, but if you decide that this is what you're, you want, you will count them and then you'll count them again <laughs> and you'll set them apart from where they're selling them and you'll count them again. And the reason why you're doing that is um, dishonest companies, and this usually isn't the beekeepers that do this, but dishonest companies will say, okay, yeah, we'll package them all together and we'll have them at the, uh, the door over here and you can get them. Um, and so you back your truck up and they, they hand you all the packages and, and if you don't count them again, a lot of times they short you packages because they can make a little bit of extra cash on the side back there in the warehouse and they just kind of sell them. And <laughs> so what you need to know is, um, when you're, when you're taking a look at them, you count them and count them and count them and count them. And that way, when you get to your destination, you have a, a running count that's written down on paper of how much you have. And, and as the shipper, you know, if you were stopped in route, the, uh, um, the um, highway people will ask, do you have a bill of sale? Do you have a bill of shipping? And you'll say, yes, I do. And they'll say, how many things, packages do you have there? And you'll be able to show them, okay, I have 50 packages or whatever. <clears throat> and that just helps you along just in case the worst happens, you know, the highway policeman stops you or type of thing. Um, very occasionally you'll get a bee inspector come down and as you're pulling away from the uh, um, warehouse, the bee inspector will stop you and ask you for your paperwork for your bees and ask you to inspect them himself and then he'll ask you how many packages you have and you have to know. <laughs> so that's why we do that. Um, it's also really good practice to do that. <clears throat> you are going to handle these packages as properly as you know how. So the tubes that you get the bees in, they go up and down. You don't put them on the side. So as you're traveling back home, if you happen to be traveling in an open truck, um, just know <laughs> it, that really makes the bees upset and you might have to cover the tops of them with the tarp because they have to be up and down. You can't lay them down. And so that's, that's, what, you, uh, that's what you have to do. And um, you need to transport them in the right way. With the bee packages that are in a little box thing, you have to make sure that you're, you're not blowing them all to hell and making them super cold. Um, and so you have to stack them in a certain way and put your tarp over top, but allow air to get in type of thing. So, and you don't want the, the side of the tarp whacking your, your, your bee boxes and that kind of thing, because that stirs them up. And let me tell you, when you let them go, <laughs> if you've pissed them off for an hour and a half while you're driving 
back to your apiary, yeah, you're going to have some issues. So just know that you want, it, you want it to be as quiet and as nice of a drive as possible for these poor little critters because they've been on an airplane, they're stuck in their bikinis, and well, all of a sudden they need sweaters and they're not happy. Um, and uh, if you don't know, that's my term of saying they come from a hot, warm place that... Uh, uh, hot, humid place, and and they get transported to Canada, which, you know, in April, a lot of times we'll have April snows, and it's cold, and then you're driving home with them in the back of the truck, so that's uh, uh, um, your wind chill goes up, and, and you'll kill your bees if you're not careful. So you want to make sure that you handle them properly, get them home, and get them... Um, taken care of. So um, when you're traveling, if you're traveling a long distance and it is warm, you're going to want to mist the, uh, the bees. So you're going to want to take along a sprayer and you put in half water, half sugar, and you close the sprayer up and shake it like crazy until all the sugar is gone. And then you're going to spray onto these bees just a few spritzes on the open part there and they will go on the open part and they'll lick it off and then um, hand it out to everybody that that needs some so you just give a few spritzes every now and then every time you stop for gas spritz them all let them sit for 10-15 minutes don't go anywhere and allow them to lick it up and and take care of it um, it makes your tubes and it makes your packages a little stickier but it's better that they're stickier and the bees are happier than if they're all pissed off and starving to death. <clears throat> so you want to make sure that as you're traveling that the load is secure because the worst thing in the world <laughs> is driving down the highway and losing a bunch of bees in a package and the package busts open. <laughs> or, you know, if you're, if you're transporting bees in the back of a flatbed we've all heard about those accidents and stuff where the the flatbed turns over or something and they've got millions of bees out and they're all pissed off because they got jarred and so they're stinging everybody and everything so make sure they're secured and drive careful <laughs> um, you might want to drive a little bit slower as well just so you don't get that huge big wind chill going so that they're not so cold <clears throat> So um, you want to ensure adequate ventilation, but you don't want the wind blowing directly into the tubes or into the boxes. So a tarp or a covered top thing. And if you are tempted to, um, <laughs> if you are tempted to put the bees on the interior of the vehicle with you, um, from sad experience, don't. <laughs> <laughs> because there might be bees that are hanging on. Um, we've had bees that come along uh, for the ride that were bees that were from the area where they were um, waiting for us to, to pick them up. And uh, bees from the area smelt the queen and they're like, Zook! and they're on the side. So if you put them inside the car with you and you've got some hangers on, you have some bees inside the car with you. It's always good to have a hoodie with you, or a, not a hoodie, a, a bee hood with you so that you can quickly mask up really quickly if that's the case. But um, the other thing is when bees are scared, they emit a pheromone that smells like copper. And it is overpowering. Um, the one time that I did that and, and regretted the heck out of it, we put 
10 B packages in the back seat of a car. Because we're like, eh, there's only two of us here. We'll put them in the back seat of the car. We're good. No. We ended up driving the whole entire way with the windows down because the, the smell in there was just so horrible. Oh. Anyways. So... When you're, when you're misting the um, bees with sugar, they tell you not to use a brush um, because when you're brushing, you can hurt the bees. You, you use a mister. Um, you try not to pack your packages too close. A lot of times the packages come glued together in a certain way so that they have to be spaced out, but it's your job to make sure they're spaced out enough so that they get good circulation of air and they're not, they're not uh, suffocating because you put them in some place really close together. And you don't want to put the screens or the ends of the tubes next to each other and because, you know, some of them are Lannisters and some of them are... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> had to throw in my uh, Game of Thrones quote there. <laughs> but yeah, they get uh, they get some they get pissed off at each other and they'll try and sting each other. So just to keep the death mount down, you that's what you want to do. Um, and if you are hauling hundreds of packages, monitor the conditions of the load constantly using remote sensors. So you can get those CO2 sensors that will send a CO2 reading into the cab of the truck. Very important to do if you're, if you're tra transporting that many. And the, the cost of the CO2, the wireless CO2 monitor, is minimal compared to the cost that you would inquire or that you would get if you killed off a bunch of those packages so make sure you do um, bees that are in a panic so if you are driving and you hit a huge big bump all of a sudden the bees go into a panic because they all drop to the bottom of their their hive and they're smelling the pheromones of all the other bees saying oh shit we're in trouble sorry <laughs> um, oh crap we're in trouble and so they will um, uh, all let off a pheromone and it'll just Everybody will end up pheromoning and, and everybody will be all pissed off and scared. They will use up a lot more air and they will create a lot more heat because they're all beating their wings and they're all scared and pissed off and everything. So, um, And if you're having a lot of bees together in that type of a, a, a condition, it's always good to have an automatic misting system because if you were able to... Um, give them a brief shot of mist, um, then they cool down fairly quickly and you don't have to worry too much about the temperature getting too much. And a lot of those CO2, wireless CO2 monitors also have a temperature gauge in there. And if you don't, then you need a wireless temperature as well. It'll give you an idea and space several of those throughout the load so that you know um, what to do. The other thing is if you are bringing home a bunch of bees, like we're talking several hundred packages, it is always good to go get yourself one of those LoJack um, satellite uh, locators so that you know where your, your bees are at all times. And it's unfortunate, but this does happen. Um, sometimes the uh, people who are trucking your hives back and forth 
aren't exactly honest and sometimes they will go and pick up two or three loads when you've paid distinctly just for them to take your load. They'll pick up two or three other loads and bring it with them and make it more profitable for themselves. But um, Or they'll drop your bees off somewhere and just never deliver them. Or they'll steal your bees because right now bees are kind of a pricey thing and if you know what you're doing you can sell somebody else's bees out from underneath them and make a billion bucks so of course you want to be able to have um, some sort of way of following your bees around and I would suggest that you do this and I would also suggest that afterwards after you get them where they're going um, if you have the ability, you want to hide one of your locators in one of your hives at your apiaries because occasionally people come and pick up beehives from apiaries and it's always good if you have a low jack in there and be able to, or a satellite connection and be able to find your bees again. <laughs> Otherwise, you end up reporting to the police, I lost my bees, and they say, hmm, well, we'll keep an eye out for them, not and your your thing goes into the circular filing bin and nobody ever finds them for you. So anyways, so uh, having satellite sensors or low jacks are a good thing to have. Um, and again, you're going to be watching for bumps, making sure that the bumps aren't uh, going to be too bad. And it's telling me that I need to hurry up. <laughs> 60 minutes is the max. So... Um, and you want to make sure that you have a full bee suit there with you in order to um, fix any problems that you may need. Um, and it would be a good idea if you have a full bee suit to be driving in the bee suit with the hat back so that you can, if you need to, if you get in an accident or something, you can jump out, throw your hood on, and go to work. Anyways, this has been Dennis from Friends of Brother Adam. And uh, we're not quite done yet, but we'll get there, right? All right. Thanks for coming by. Cheers.